Oh, man. I'm excited. It's been, what, three weeks? The holidays, the playoffs. It was a hectic time. We had to make sure that we had our lineup set. But now we have approached spreadsheet season, guys. We are here. I, like, I'm super jacked about this. Anyway, I'm John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. You know I'm joined by Dan Lamagna at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's up? JB, the champ is here tonight, buddy. The Dynasty Discord champ is here live. All right, for all our listeners, got the belt. Thanks to DraftKings, I'll be taking this to see The Rock in Philly for WrestleMania. I forgot Let's it was go, in man. Philly. Yeah, it's in your backyard. JB, you should be meeting me there. Uh, maybe, maybe, probably not. I'm pumped up, and my condolences to Mitchell too. You know, four. That that Cowboys Lions game, dude. That game, don't don't get me started. Like, <laughs> I swear, man, I swear. There's a Detroit curse, man. You've had a history. Yep. That's right. two versus Dallas that the officials have. Uh, yeah. I saw they put uh there was a billboard in Detroit, like Decker uh was eligible or something. I whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, Mitch, what's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Look, John, dude, you're right. Like. A lot of people will take this time of year off because, like, they've gone through the heartache of. Do I sound okay, John? No, you you went a little distant again. See, it, this mic is gonna mess up the whole show. I think. Um, we'll see how this goes. But like the the dynasty calendar, like this is the fun time for me, right? Like the last month sucked. Like, I don't like having to put those lineups in nonstop. And, like, worry if you mess up a single player. Like, one wrong play, oh, no, I'm going to lose. But now now it's just like, yeah, this guy's worth, you know, a mid-first-round pick, and we just go from there. Now, it's funny because I, I went through, I updated the Dynasty tiers that are available in the Dynasty 3 Patreon as little as $5 per month. And it's such a shift as soon as the fantasy season is over. We have guys that we were, you know, more than willing to set, let's say a second or a late first on. And now once the season wraps up and we're no longer accumulating points, well, the, the lens and the perspective, it completely changes. And we talk about scoring points. Well, there's some guys that they weren't scoring the points we were looking for. And in the discord, a couple, uh, a couple days ago, weeks ago, now, Somebody was talking about different busts throughout the 23 season, and we thought it would be a fun show to go through, talk about some guys that, you know, maybe one of us or all three of us would categorize as a bust. And I'm sure a few of us for a few of these guys will come to their defense and maybe why it's a good idea to invest in them moving forward and really banking on them bouncing back. So I, <laughs> I threw about 20 guys on this sheet tonight, guys, and I put in, in bold, we do not need to talk about all of these guys because I was waiting for Dan to come in and say, uh, this is going to be a seven-hour show, but some of these we'll just skim through, but some of them I want to look a little bit deeper, but Dan, I want to start with you. Who is somebody throughout this 23 season? It could be a player that you really invested in and most likely that's going to be the case for a lot of these guys that we were we were hurt by them along the way but 
who was a bust for you? And then I want to look at things, uh, you know, in the future. Do we believe they'll bounce back? You got it, man. Your, your list was good tonight, JB. It was solid. We, we normally, you know, Mitch and I both love busting your chops for having 20 guys, but I, I thought it was fitting today. You were, you were, they were, they were all bust in some way, shape, or form, some that we would reinvest in. But I will give a name that I added to the list, and it comes from the perspective of, hey, we went into the season, we play a lot of super flex leagues. You know, we normally have at least one elite quarterback, but we don't all have elite, two elite. So you're really relying on certain guys. And one that I was know cautiously optimistic on was i hate to say it feel a little you know vomit coming up here talking about it but danny dimes um the giants he had a uptick year last year the giants seemed to be trending in a good direction he was overpaid handsomely maybe that should have been the red flag and man did things just go downhill fast for him in new york um you know he had some definitely poor performance issues and then injury in in issues but then all of a sudden you know tommy slash danny devito comes into the picture and outplayed him and he's not an nfl starting quarterback and then the final answer was tyrod taylor really made you feel the most confident in in the new york giants so he was a bust man did nothing for me this year um but it was really disappointed now his performance when he was available this year it certainly was uh it was disastrous when I went through and all the players that we're going to talk about, I, I threw some numbers out there, but quarterback 43 this season. And when I, when I say these numbers uh, from a, a season, uh, you know, quarterback 43 that on a per game basis. So I just, I don't want to sit here and say on a per game basis each and every time I bring it up. So keep that in mind, but quarterback 43 they're locked in through 2026 with this contract. I, you know, obviously we see quarterbacks get cut all the time. Uh, heck, it's probably going to happen to my guy Russ here sooner rather than later. But 26 years old, in typical scoring, he was averaging 10 and a half points per game. That That is, you could find that from a lower flex positional player. That's where we are. And Mitch, once upon a time, you were a fan of Daniel Jones. I was well back when he was good. Do I sound okay now? I mess with my settings a little bit. You sound a little bit better. Well, I'll give you the little signal. I say little signal. I'll be going like You'll you'll throw stuff at me. I get it. I get it. It's fair. Um, I, I liked him because he was giving you that rushing floor. And when you have that, like the guy can't throw it all, it's okay. But then he stopped giving you that rushing floor because he got injured all the time. And now he can't throw the ball. And just how that offense is constructed, they put him with a whole bunch of slot wide receivers. They're like, hey, go do what you're supposed to do this year. So right now, Daniel Jones is kind of one guy on the list where I'm like, you know, maybe if they bring in some talent around him, maybe it's not a complete bust going into future years. Somewhere like Trevor Lawrence, right? Trevor Lawrence was giving, he he got everything. He had Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, has a great tight end, has a good running game. Offensive line's kind of meh, but you can't put everybody in the absolute perfect position, right? At some point, these quarterbacks need to prove what they can do on the football field. And Trevor Lawrence just hasn't done it yet. I mean, we still rank him high in dynasty because he was the first overall pick in the NFL draft. And he was the... You know, he was everything that Caleb Williams was supposed to be as a draft prospect. 
And the fact is, he just hasn't proven it on the field year after year after year at this point. So for me, like Daniel Jones, I have a little bit of hope to where where his value is to where I can recoup a little bit of value. Where we were drafting Trevor Lawrence and where he is now, that value has gone. Hold on, Dan, hold on. Dan, I, I might have to throw a little challenge flag. Do, do, do you like Dan? Do you like how I asked him about Daniel Jones? Uh-huh. And right away, well, Trevor Lawrence. I was trying to help the conversation flow. Sounds like someone's got a beef with Trevor Lawrence on a, on his rosters this year, is what it sounds <laughs> like. And we are gonna get to that, Mitch, but I think they're two different kind of busts. So yeah, Trevor Lawrence I, is really bad, and Daniel Jones is meh. I, I'm gonna hold my thought on Trevor Lawrence because there is there is some disappointment there, but I'm not like sad having Trevor Lawrence on my roster next year. I I, I could live with that and put my head on the pillow. Great, but Danny Dimes, like I guess my expectations, whether I retained him from a dynasty roster or if it was a startup and I took him, was I was hoping for a steady quarterback that would rank hey it could be t- twenty to twenty five, twenty to twenty eight, and I'd be okay just as long as it was steady and safe. Instead, as JB mentioned, we got 43. Like, that that's falling off a cliff. And he had one game versus Arizona, which was good in week two, but everybody's had a good game versus Arizona, and everything else was just ugly and then injured, and I'm worried about him next season. Outside of that Arizona game, he didn't throw another touchdown this season. I, and what do you, you can't get anything for Danny Dimes now. You could still for Trevor Lawrence, Mitch. And that, Yeah, you can, but it's where you got them at is what I'm saying. Like, no one was trading a lot for Jeff. I'm looking on fantasy calculator right now for Daniel Jones, right? The very, one of the highest things you could have done on September 5th of this year, you could have traded him and got a first round pick, which is great. Right now you could trade him and get a second round pick. So you're not losing that much value. Trevor Lawrence was multiple first round picks to acquire him. And if you're giving up more than one right now, you're crazy. Can I, I've got Derek Carr rosters that say something different, Mitch. I'll take them. Listen, again, Dan introduced and brought to the table Daniel Jones, and we quickly gravitate towards Trevor Lawrence, and that's fine. But doesn't seem fine. No, well, Trevor <laughs> Lawrence, he has that value insulation, and even from a poor performance here in 2023, yeah, he, he does. The difference in if you acquire Trevor Lawrence at the start of the season versus what you could get for him today, I would feel a lot better between that gap as opposed to that first for Daniel Jones, or, I mean, you're not getting a mid-second. Probably getting a late second. Okay, so... People were so, training that for Sam Howell earlier, so you could probably get that. Trevor Lawrence was going for multiple first-round picks. And you he's still... He's st- mul- There's for, no dude, chance. I, I will move too late first. There is no way. It's a bad move. Well, we'll, we'll get to Trevor Lawrence here in a minute. Again, just... Jumping the gun, but did Danny Dimes on KTC quarterback 24. And again, I'm not saying these values to, oh, this is what his value is, but it's just a good gauge and, and barometer, a temperature check, if you will, when going through these different uh, uh, crowdsourced uh, data. And then fantasy calc, which is based on actual trade. Mitch, you mentioned it earlier, quarterback 25. So it seems like he's still in that 24 to 25 range. For me, I have him a, just below that at 26, 27. I have him in that tier. I would move him for any mid 24 second and get him off my roster. Any mid 24 second. It's not like, yes, the weapons there aren't great. 
and Saquon Barkley most likely out the door after the season wraps up. But Tyrod Taylor performed better than he did. Tommy DeVito performed better than he did. That's a concern. Without a doubt. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is good. I was just saying compare on the value loss. I'm okay with the value loss that I'd have having Daniel Jones on my team from September to today than having someone like Trevor Lawrence. There's another name I could bring up that's the exact same. And I, I disagree because, you again, you have the value insulation in Trevor Lawrence and – you know, I have the expectation, I'm going to get into some numbers here a little bit later, but I have the expectation that he is going to bounce back. He can't bounce back if he's never been there. He would just but have that, to, On a bad year, Mitch, he's still 14th. That ain't horrible for a bad year. It's not great. No. Well, he was quarter, 14th. Let, let, let's compare apples to Justin apples. Herbert. Let's compare apples to apples, though, Dan. I mean, Justin Herbert missed how many games? Justin Fields, Geno Smith. Can I we look looking at overall points? Can so. we look at things on a per game basis, please? Again, comparing apples to apples, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback 19. So not quarterback 14. And again, I'm defending Trevor Lawrence, but I just want to be fair here. You can tell it's been a while. The glasses came off 13 minutes into the hey, show. John, guys. Real quick, what quarterback scoring are you using? Are you using the fantasy pros one? Just whatever. The, is that plus four, minus two? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I just want to make sure I was looking off the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Trevor Lawrence, though, touchdown rate dropped from 4.3 to 3.6. Interception rate picked up from 1.4 to 2.3. Sack percentage, you talk about offensive line, and I know this came up with Sam Howe quite a bit, that sacks, we need to incorporate that and look at that as a quarterback stat first and foremost, and you can talk about it with an offensive line as well. But that went up from 4.4 last year to 6.3, which is actually higher then the 5% sack rate, his rookie season, under the great Urban Meyer until he was let go. But here's something, like yards per attempt, it went up a little bit, okay? From 7 to 7.2. And it's crazy the way we perceive, uh, I, did I not just say a little bit? It's crazy. Wow, that was for Dan. It wasn't just for you, John. It's all about Wow. Me. It's all about him. What is that uh, uh, main character syndrome, right? Uh, but with Trevor Lawrence, it's so funny looking at, at you hear Trevor Lawrence, and you think about the, the perception of him as a higher-end quarterback. Coming into the season, I think it was the expectation, okay, they add Calvin Ridley. You have Christian Kirk. You have Zay Jones who produced. Travis Etienne. Uh, Evan Ingram. Is the offensive line going to be somewhat competent, which I don't know that they really have at times. And then Trevor Lawrence going through injuries. But he was at 17.9 points per game last year. He was at 17.2 this year. So it's just so crazy how there was a minimal difference there. The value, it certainly took a hit. I'd be silly to say it didn't, but I do believe he bounces back in 2024. And then when we talk about the difference in value between when you acquired Daniel Jones or a Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to be far more confident and comfortable with that Trevor Lawrence acquisition as opposed to a Daniel Jones. Yeah, that, that comparison is the only thing that really stings, Mitch. I mean, he gets dinged statistically, I think, this year with a bad game, horrible game versus the Niners okay. and, and a bad game versus the Chiefs, who were playing good defense at the time. But, you know, he had a stretch of 36, 24, 29 points, which, you know, Danny Dimes was holding the clipboard at that time. So th there is signs there. And then I think he's had some health issues. So I'm with JB, man. I, I think he's going to bounce back, and he's still bet above average. 
I just think he has some Russell Wilson syndrome. If we're if we're like shifting gears completely to him as a bus, I think he's not playing up to the contract he's about to get. Where Russell Wilson didn't play up to the contract that he was totally overpaid in the first place. Um, so he de- certainly didn't win my dynasty and redraft leagues. But I, uh, you know, I think health was an issue, and I think this gets better as time goes on. And it goes into the expectation coming into the season, like I mentioned. You know, adding Calvin Ridley, you you had so many people hyped about this offense. And yes, yes, tied. Trevor Lawrence is is a good buy. No, Mitch is saying no. no. Mitch, right now, yep. you, I'm I'm gonna guess you don't have Trevor Lawrence rostered. Actually, a fair amount of him. Yeah, because no. I I used to like him two years ago. All right, so right mm. now you you have Trevor Lawrence on your roster. Twelve mm-hmm. team Superflex, two PPR for tight ends, plus six minus four scoring. What twenty four pick? Would you feel comfortable moving straight up? Do, we could talk about multiple oh, picks I'm mo- a little bit. I'm moving Lawrence here, right? For yes, you're moving him off of your roster. I don't even think I could get the 107, but I would move him for the 107. Oh, my God. B Ford in the chat, get out of here. I. What are we doing here, guys? New Year, same BS from you two. What and I'm loving you too. I'm super flex. How I'm on you? Yeah. How did I get into, How did I get bundled in this? There goes that main character syndrome. Listen, again. you're gonna you're gonna make me mad sooner or later, so I'm just gonna throw you in right now. Look, I know. Like, I don't. Honestly, I'll say I don't know if you can actually get that in leagues. I don't know because I don't think anyone's giving you the 105 for him. I, I don't mean, know. I think I, the three rookies that are coming in that we feel like are gonna have good draft capital, they will all end up being drafted higher than Trevor Lawrence. Come, you know, May. <laughs> When it actually comes out. Here we go. B Ford says, I will drive the 107 to Utah for your Trevor Lawrence pitch. I like it. Maybe maybe I should say the 106, maybe the one little bit of a difference, but I don't think you could get the 105. And also that that trade offer is not very enticing for Mitch because he prefers to be a little antisocial at times and, you know. All the time, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, don't drive it to his house. I prefer you to send it by carrier pigeon. (laughs) Uh, where, where are you on a one for one swap, Dan, for a pick? I mean, you now, guys have now, looked now, at now, next let's, year's... Here, let, let's, Go ahead. Let, let's flip the switch. You're buying Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, unless I have an ideal quarterback situation or like 101, like I want Trevor Lawrence, man. I have no problem shipping 106, um, 105. It would be roster dependent. Uh, 105, I will move for Trevor Lawrence. I'll take Daniels over him in a heartbeat. I actually, I, Daniels is going to, with the expectation of the draft capital, Daniels is in my top four right now. Yeah, I think that depends on tight end premium and stuff too, right? But yeah, 104, 105 is fair for him. Yeah, yeah, I I would. Just to make it basic, is I was ta- I would take the quarterback three in this year's draft over Trevor Lawrence, without hesitation. All right, it, it certainly is going to be interesting certainly. because the, his contract it, it goes through. You know, he's still got what two more years, one more year, two one more year than the fifth year option, right? Am I losing my mind over here? All right, nobody's going to respond. Uh Let's see. Sorry, I was reading the chat. Titus sending me the 107. I'm saying I, I a quarterback three right now. It might be 106. <laughs> Let's say 106. Do you see how he backtracks? Do you see? Well, this is a 12 team league super flex, what we're talking about. Right. right. Uh, yeah. And I, he 
goes through the 24 season and then the fifth year option in 25. All right. All right. Um, We got some some research and some roster looking to do tonight. I think I'm going Trevor Lawrence shopping, but who's our next bus, JB? You know what? I'm going to take a stand on one more guy here and take a stand on him from a football perspective. I I think that would go without saying, but just in case Deshaun Watson. No. Yes. Yes. Listen, listen, let let me say my piece and then you can, you can blast me to smithereens. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) That's what I want. If you look at things just strictly from a point per game perspective, quarterback 26 awful horrendous. All right. Averaging 15.1 points per game under contract that massive deal through 2026 28 year old quarterback here in Deshaun Watson look at look at his scoring from this season in the few games he did play okay he had six games the Indianapolis game uh he played 12 snaps all right so that's going to drive down that average and people are going to see that average he was a quarterback one in 50 percent of his games played. That's the same percentage as Dak. That's the same percentage as the great Jordan Love. CJ Stroud, my son's crying in the background. I'm sure you can hear it. Very soft schedule in those games that those 50% you're talking about. Anthony Anthony Richardson and he's higher than Burrow, Mahomes, Goff, Tua. So you can sit there and say it's a soft schedule, but he put up respectable numbers against the Steelers and the Ravens, not ideal, but again, just on a per game average basis, you look at that 15.1 and people are going to be doing that. They're going to be box score watching, but they're not going to be looking like that. That is really going to skew your, your six game sample. So for me, I, I still Deshaun Watson, he's been in green for quite some time. I acquired him in a 14 team league two weeks ago, and he's a player that I would still be comfortable going out and acquiring at his current quarterback 18 price tag. So if you guys, if, if we were talking about 105, 106 range, uh, 107 for Lawrence, are you moving any first for Watson to acquire him, Mitch? No, I have one share of Deshaun Watson. I could not get anybody to get him off my roster. It's a 16 team league. You would think I could trade quarterbacks. If anyone sends me, a top 12 first in that league. So like a normal 12 team league, a first round pick, he's off my roster. I want nothing to do with him on my roster. I got to take some notes over here. So yeah, I think he's got to slow down a little JB. Like he's, you got to look at those rosters, Mitch. We, no, we no. had a conversation a, f- a few episodes ago about quarterback depth and having it in late. And I, you were, I think you were the spokesperson for like three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So to JB's point where he ranks, if I need a quarterback or if Derek Carr, or Danny Dimes, or, you know, Joe Average quarterbacks, my number two, I'll give away my late first and take Watson because quarterbacks are off the board by that point. I'm not, I'm not going into next year with a bad quarterback situation. I think they're still going to invest in him. Joe Flacco is going to be 39 next year. He, they're paying him a boatload of money. I think he'll, get, he'll put up points. I don't want him. I'd rather someone else. But Yeah, he'll put up points. The hardest thing with Watson is he's very hard to trade. If you go out there and you try to move him, it it is actually really hard to try to move him. But if I can get him at that late first price point, 
I'm okay sticking. Hey, in if it. you are in Dynasty Swang Song for 16 team league, I will trade him to you for your 12th overall pick. I don't know what you have in that league, even if you're in that league. But I'm just saying that's that's that the one share familiar. I have. And the one thing with that I feel like quarterbacks is you can take a stand on them. You can't. You don't have to go the full portfolio approach and have like 20%, 20%, you know, whatever right. you want to do. You can be completely out on a guy, and it doesn't hurt you unless they turn into Mahomes, Josh Allen, what Lamar did this year. Uh, like, you know, let's say I'm wrong. Let's say Deshaun Watson goes out and he does produce at a 20-point-per-game average next year. It's not really hurting me that much. Am I losing value? Yes. But also for me not having him on my roster – that's worth me taking a little bit of a value dip if I could. And I actually think with him, it's not that much of a value dip because I don't think he's a good quarterback. Okay. All right. Well, I, again, it looks like I need to, and it's funny because I, I talk about having Deshaun Watson and green on the dynasty tier sheet. I have Trevor Lawrence in red because I, I do think quarterback 11 is a little bit higher. KTC has him at nine fantasy cow fluctuating between 11 and 12. Uh, I have them the 12 to 14 tier, so just a smidge high, but it's just crazy. The, the, you know, I, I say crazy. Uh, I, I, that sounds, uh, you know, I don't want to say condescending, but Little bit. It, the, the, the varying opinions and I appreciate it, Mitch. And I do, I do appreciate it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people like, I'm sure there are a lot of people that are closer to your price point on both of those quarterbacks after what we saw this year then the price points I feel comfortable paying to acquire him. I, I think that's fair to say. I still have some ethical issues with acquiring Watson. I, comeback I, player of the year, Joe Fat Flacco. Let me put my shout out here for comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco. The NFL better get this right. And listen, yeah, I, 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 we, we've talked about this countless times. If if you're in one league, if you're in 100 leagues, and they, whatever, it, there's a player that you don't want strictly because of the off-the-field stuff. Go for it. You know, 100% on board with that. If if that's the situation you're in and that's your your mindset, like Mitch said, it's it, it should not be killing your dynasty portfolio to avoid really any player. Yeah. If if the the cost is all you know, it's not all that different from where the current market is, and you just don't think it's going to improve at all. Uh, speaking yeah. of it. But before you skip off quarterbacks, because I felt like you were going to skip off quarterbacks, JB. I do, I do want to mention Sam Howell. If I don't know if you were, in, not, or we're not on this no, list. No, we weren't skipping. I was, I was gonna. All right, let's. Well, Sam Howell, quarterback, uh, twenty-one per game, sixteen point eight in the plus four minus two, rookie contract through twenty twenty-five. He's twenty-three years old. We saw glimmers of hope. KTC quarterback twenty-three, quarterback twenty-seven on fantasy calc. He was benched. Uh, Two games in a row for Jacoby Brissett. He was going to be benched to start the game. And then Jacoby Brissett uh, had an injury. Sam Howe comes in, starts the game. Wasn't great. So Sam Howe, does he bounce back? Dan. I'm really torn between if there were really high enough expectations for him to be considered a bust mm -hmm. versus the story is still unwritten because of just horrible o-line play and poor coaching like 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 the whole Brissett howell like I, to me that doesn't even matter because that ship is so sunk and so bad like it's just we're we're weeks away from saying goodbye to ron rivera 
Like they did nothing to protect that kid. Like I'd even feel bad for you, JB, if you were Wait, behind we, that O line. We, weeks you know? away, it might yeah, a week, be a week, days, days. away here. <laughs> Rivera, Arthur you know where I'm Smith. going with it. Yes, yes. Uh, but I, I, I see the comment in the chat from Brian. I, I do not believe Sam Howell is a starting quarterback next year. You know, you talk about Daniel Jones earlier in the show, and we look at where the Giants pick. They're at five. And with the rise of Jaden Daniels as this uh, NCAA season wrapped up and, and how he's risen, I I think there's three quarterbacks that are going to be going in the top three, four picks. Mm-hmm. So if the Giants can push themselves up to four or maybe three, depending on how, I mean, there's one week left. But Washington right now, they're locked into number two as things stand. It could still shake up a little bit. They're not going to pass on a quarterback. I, you know, uh, I think that's the problem ultimately. Like, how can you pass up at a quarterback of where they're picking? It's going to be a new coach, a new direction, fresh. And it's slick. funny because if it's Drake May, he followed him in North Carolina and now he's stealing his job. <laughs> the only thing I'll add on Sam Howell is I really don't count him as a bust because I did pick him up in August on a few teams and I pretty much spent a mid. What I thought at the time was a mid-second. I don't even know how those teams ended up, to be honest. And I think that was fair. To get a stopgap quarterback that's giving you 12 starts a year, I think that's okay for the price that you got him at. And if he starts any time next year, I think it's a bonus. But I think for the what his value was at in August, I think I think he actually performed pretty well, to be honest. See, I but I talked about this. Uh, it might have been during one of the episodes of the Pivot Point. Another thing that's only part of the Dynasty Theory Patreon. Plug, plug. But how we could change our perception of what a bust is based on when you acquired them and the price you paid. Mm-hmm. And for you, in August, the price you paid for Sam Howe wasn't crazy. You got solid production, especially during the first half of the season. But if you went out at that time and you went to acquire him, there, like last six weeks, there's been a pretty significant hit to his value. That's you true. had you had somewhere around late first value, probably, where I think some people would have paid a little bit more. And I, I pulled it in the Discord the other day, Sam Howler 212, and I think it was split 50 50. Yeah, I'll take any second for Sam Howler. Right I now. take the 212 forms today. Yeah. I will I will take any second, especially if you were able to acquire him for like a mid-second in August and you got the production throughout the season and you're able to recoup a little bit of that now that we've seen. Yeah, the story is not necessarily written, mm-hmm. but I, I, I've uh, I, I've read the, the first chapter and I don't I don't like the way this book's going so far. <laughs> I'll wait for it to come out on move uh, on video. That's fair, JB. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Brian says he was valued similarly to Brock Purdy in the offseason, especially during the whole Trey Lance saga. Yeah. Will they, won't they? Uh, what a difference a year makes. Yeah, absolutely. One thing is I say, I had Purdy on my like sleeper list there where I had Sam Howell going into the year as too much risk avoid uh, on a totally different list. So so where are you on the 212 and 12-team Superflex, Dan? I mean, I think Howell is either going to be a good backup or maybe get some starts until the rookie's ready or maybe they trade him. So I think there's like some potential upside. I'd, I'd, I'd take Howell over the 212. See, I would I would take the 212, but, but we saw the way 
this season has played out, we've seen Aiden O'Connell. We've seen Jake Browning. We've seen Joe Flacco uh, go for probably late seconds if somebody needed a quarterback in their playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. Like we... We've seen those prices get paid. So if how were to get an opportunity, maybe not necessarily as a full-blown starting quarterback in 2024 or beyond, but coming in during an injury and you know, you have him playing four or five weeks, especially towards the end of the season, I could see that price being paid again. But I would rather cash out now and then worry about it when the time comes if I want to reacquire him. And I say it's it's roster dependent too, JB. You're often price dependent. I'm very roster dependent. You know, if I have two really good quarterbacks and maybe a third or some backup options, I'm with you. Give me the 212. But if I'm a little bit thinner, I have some rosters where I'm trying to build up some quarterback capital to have some opportunities. Kind of like handcuffing running backs. Yeah, I, I think I would explore other opportunities. See, you know, it would be difficult to package him up. But yeah, I mean, sure. You want to say roster dependent that just doesn't roll off the tongue like price dependent does i you know i I just feel bad for the kid he got beat to snot this year man yeah well sometimes it's a a way to ruin a quarterback's career so maybe you're 100 right now we want to talk about david carr he can tell you about sacks he (laughs) he was he was getting torn apart when he played and i didn't mean david i did i did mean david carr that time so you know all right can we move on to running backs now that we're 34 minutes in? Whatever you want, boss. Oh, <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Mitch, is is Bijan Robinson right now, would you consider him a bust based on where he was coming into the 23 season versus his perception now and the way things have played out during the season? Yes. But it's you're, lo- you're lucky you said and that. It, and it doesn't matter. That's the thing. So, like, he's still, what, running back two at worst. Maybe running back three at worst. So, yeah, did he drop a little bit? He's not going to be – in startups, he was a second-round pick. He's probably going to be an early third-round pick. So, yeah, was he a bust this year? Without a shadow of a doubt. Does it matter in Dynasty at all? No. There's other running backs we'll talk about later, too, where if they're on your roster, like, it's a really, really bad sign. Bijan, you're fine. It doesn't matter. Like – where you got him at last year, you have him on your team this year. That's cool. Running back 19 on a per-game basis, 13.8 PPR points per game. He's 21 years old, going into his second season. 25% of his runs went for at least 15 yards. That's 17th of all running backs with at least 135 carries. Whoa, why 135 carries? Well, on PFF, when you do the 20%, 50%, 75% split, uh, I just pick 50%. So uh, he was fourth. In targets for running backs, fourth. Only behind Brees Hall, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, eighth in yards after contact per attempt. Here's the thing. Here's the real thing with B. John Robinson. You know, obviously Arthur Smith. Obviously Tyler Algier really uh, dipping into that rushing, uh, the running back rushing market share. But 44% of B. John Robinson's games in 2023, he was a top 12 running back during those weeks. That's that's pretty good. That's actually 1% higher than Jameer Gibbs. But here's the big kicker. You look at Jameer Gibbs and you're thinking, okay, he's he's on that trajectory up. Bijan Robinson, he, running back 19, kind of lackluster. The expectation was far better. Only 6% of Bijan Robinson's games 
was he a top five running back in a week? 6%. Gibbs, if he was a top 12 running back, he was a top five running back. Gibbs, 43% of his games, he was a top five running back. So that, for me, that's the big difference because, yeah, Bijan, like, he's been fine, but he hasn't really given us that explosive high-end production that could really win you a week, whereas a Jameer Gibbs has, Christian McCaffrey has, heck, Brees Hall, he he has had you know one or two of those games, even with the New York Jets who have just been horrendous. So I, I think again, from a value standpoint, there's no concern. And I think once Arthur Smith goes, yeah, maybe they lean a little bit more into the pass. You know, obviously Bijan Tyler Algier both getting their their uh, their workloads. But you have to believe that 13.8 PPR points per game, we see an uptick moving forward. So I, you know, I know a lot of people they're thinking about going out and buying Bijan Robinson for you know a discounted price, and then they act surprised whenever the person doesn't want to move them. I wouldn't be moving him at a discount either. You know, th- there's no reason I think the, the way the running back position is, we have so many of these guys aging out now that it really further solidifies. Bijan Robinson, uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, A. Chan, uh, Brees Hall, even Jonathan Taylor, even though he's getting a little old right now. Uh, but these guys, there was that separation. So, uh, bust is a, a funny word when it comes to Bijan Robinson. But for the twenty-three season, yeah, sure, he was a bust, I guess. This was Major League Baseball, Mitch. JB would be pulled in the the fourth inning because his pitch count is, or AKA word count, is very high tonight. But all valid points, JB. I just put an asterisk by those stats and just say it's coaching. Like we were literally looking at the football end of things, and I think it depends what scoring you're looking at too. I'm looking at like safe league scoring here in a you know full PPR league, and he's 12th overall for running backs. You know, he had two games that he just disappeared, and that really dinged his overall what, scoring. 12th per game. Or season 12th long. overall in the season to RB twelve. <laughs> this is why I yell at you uh, per game, Dan. I know, but I'm just saying that on a busted year, he was twelfth overall running back for the season. I know your per game thing, but I'm just saying, but JB, that like it's just coaching. Gibbs is eighth. He's twelfth. If, well, if can coaching I, well, uses him properly, here. he's he's the same thing as Gibbs and, and could potentially be better. Coach Dan, let me play devil's advocate. What about the fumbles? Four fumbles, it was tied for the most in the NFL. Yeah, I, I just think that whole offense is terrible. I think there's no rhythm. Running backs need rhythm. I don't see how he could get rhythm. I watched those games. I watched so many Atlanta games because I played so much Atlanta and DFS. And, you know, that's why I think I had the early season swoon there. Like, it's just mind-boggling how they utilized him. But when they did utilize him and you really watch those games, man, that cat could run. That guy's catching a post corner for a touchdown that no normally wide receivers can't do those kind of things. So I just think Arthur Smith's going to be fired and all this is going to be fixed and mute next year. They play. Gibbs the- was pretty good coming on the field every once in a while and, you know, scoring, but no, I will just say as far as like the whole Bijan Gibbs, it's going to be a discussion for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, well, let's just say Atlanta hires a new coach, right? I'm taking Bijan over Gibbs and I'm the biggest Gibbs fan there is. But Bijan will just add a little bit more than what Gibbs will do. But we got to see the coaching change. Like if they go with a defensive guy, maybe I'll change my mind. But if they hire a good offensive coach, Bijan, oh, he's going to break fantasy, I still think. Like, Mitch, you have like the perfect example there in Detroit. Like, look how they use. Like, It's a fantasy dream. Yeah, it's perfect. Star receiver, star tight end, star running back. 
massive fantasy production. It, it is a thing of beauty, and it, it's winning games, and they're exciting to watch, and the fans love them. And then you have that same core in Atlanta with London, Pitts, and Bijan, and it's just a train wreck. Yep. So, Mitch, yeah. Bijan Robinson or Marvin Harrison? Oh, God. Marvin Harrison. But let me just caveat, 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 whatever. I love Marvin Harrison. I'm going to have Marvin Harrison over a lot of people that other people won't. And then what about the three quarterbacks, Caleb Williams, Drake, May, Jaden Daniels at this point in time? I'll take, honestly, the three quarterbacks over him too. But that's just a dynasty thing now. I think it's just kind of how it goes with values. I don't know if I'm there with Jaden Daniels. And again, it's way early. I'm going to watch a lot more. That's the hard thing, right? He could be like Anthony Richardson, right? To where we were, everyone's really down on him. By the time draft comes around, everybody loves him. And I think that's kind of what's going to happen with Daniels too. He didn't want me in the Georgia game. That's where I kind of watched him the most. All right. And then Dan, what the heck happened with Tony Pollard here? TP is a tricky one, man. Um, you know, obviously, I've watched every single minute of every, T- every single TP is a good nickname. Toilet paper. He belongs in the toilet <laughs> the way he performed. This wow. Year. All right. The Dallas running back situation is very polarizing. It was last year, too, with Pollard and Zeke, and I heard it. But then you watch the games, and just from a football perspective, like, he's not terrible. For fantasy football and our expectations and the situation, I get it. What so, a glowing endorsement. He's not, not like there, there is some run game scheme issues in Dallas. Like and everyone watched that last game versus Detroit. And and then Detroit's got a good run defense, so I give them credit. But like there were no holes, man. Like like there's just no one was running through those lanes. There was no lane to run. So, so I, I think there's some issues that Dallas has to fix. We're seeing them having a much more prevalent pass game this year because of those reasons. I think some of the slow start was based on recovering from injury, but he's running hard, you know, and I don't necessarily think he's a goal line back, you know, inside the five there. I think that's Zeke territory, and they don't have that this year. So I think the question is he's just he's going to be a good running back again next year, whether he's with Dallas or with someone else. He's a not a bell cow kind of back, but in the right situation, like I wouldn't want to give give him away cheap, and then I think you'd regret it next year because he's he's going to be a good NFL running back. It's it's interesting because you look at him whenever Zeke was there, and you know everybody wants to extrapolate all the time. Well, he was this efficient, and he had such few touches whenever Zeke was there. So whenever he has that backfield to himself, even if efficiency dips a little bit, he's going to be just a tremendous fantasy asset. Well, we didn't really see that, and he was getting the work. But you, you, you have that surgery, the the tightrope surgery. So I, you know, I tend to believe there is a bounce back on the horizon. He's what? He's twenty four years old, right? No, he's he's older than that. Twenty six, twenty seven, twenty six. It'll be 27 in April. Where, why did I, where did this 24 come from? See, this is what I'm like Ron Burgundy. A little messy. In the I just, today. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. Don't you ever. Oh, Burgundy, where's he going? Don't, don't you ever question my sheets. Okay. Uh, I, I have 26 in my sheets. I have the birthday in there. Uh, but when I'm, when I'm racing through everything tonight and, you know, trying to, to feed the kids, if my wife hears this, she'll be like, you didn't feed the kids. Uh, but, you know, anyway, 24. What the frick am I doing? Uh, so he's an impending free agent, but 
KTC running back 20, Fantasy Calc running back 16, Tony Pollard or 112, Dan? I'll take Pollard. 112 in a heartbeat. Mitch, 201? 201. 202? 202. 203? 203. 204? 204. All the way to 206. So here's my reasons for that, right? Well, we were talking about the quarterbacks, but we could argue semantics if, you know, where the quarterbacks are valued after being busts, right? But they still have value. Even Daniel Jones has value, right? I mean, I don't I don't want to bring up someone else that's on the notes, but you could just pretty much put Austin Eckler right next to Tony Pollard, in my opinion. I think value-wise, dynasty-wise, they're really close to one another. Oh, I'll if, take Tony Pollard. Oh, see, it, but that's like my point, right, is... We had Austin Eckler in our projections. I think we had him as like the overall fantasy player of the year or something like that, right? And so for me, it's when those guys... Look how bust. smug Dan looks right now when you bring up Austin Eckler. I know, I know. Well, I'm when, waiting, I'm waiting. When those guys bust, it kills your dynasty value. It kills your team because nobody wants them because they're terrible. Like who really... I have... A fair amount of 112s this year. You know, it's nothing I did. I just happened into a pure luck, right? Um, but anyways, what a I'm not trading brag. a I one. I have a lot of 112s this year. A fair amount, I said. But I'm not trading one of those for Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, any 26, 27-year-old running back. I'm just not doing that because if you could do it and get Christian McCaffrey, which you could have last offseason, amazing. You probably won your league because of it. But if you did it for any other 26 or 27-year-old running back, you're probably not winning anything. I mean, 26 I mean, and Eckler's 28 are two different things, not, but we'll, yeah, you know, we'll get to but that. But what about Tony oh. Pollard at 24? <laughs> See, then he might be worth that 201. I, why, why did I put 24 on? The, 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 now, this Wish is not the official spreadsheet. This is just a Google Doc, okay? Let's clarify here. I don't want people thinking, what's going on in JB Sheets, okay? Uh I, I align a little bit closer with Mitch. Uh, well, I'm, actually, I'm in the middle. It's like 202, 203 is that range. But again, it's the nature of the beast when it comes to running back. Like, I have Pollard tiered with 111 to 201. I would I would move him for that 111, 112. Like that that's the value I would put on him. So so you're so I'm right there with you because that's what I said, JB. Even though you, the I'm, second I'm not, time I'm tonight not. you want to throw me in some other category. You you said you would pay the 112. You I would put not, him in that tier. That I what did he just say? It. Play that back, Mitch. I I said exactly I what he said. Him. Actually, I have him tiered at that value, but. I w- I'm moving him at that value. I thought you said you need a plus. If they're in your tiers at that value, you need a little plus mm-hmm. on top of that. Mm-hmm. Once we hit the offseason, once we hit, now listen, uh, once we hit the offseason, all right, then I'm taking the the pick that I'm, is most likely, is most often tiered with these running backs most of the time. And I, yeah. and I will shift as I start watching more film because uh, guys will get higher. That's just where I'm at right, today. Right. Yeah, I, so I... And I could we throw Javante Williams in this bucket of guys that maybe perform a little bit better? Talk, or that or makes sense though, JB. My concern with frick off. My concern with Javante Williams is the three running back committee, and you know, obviously mixing in Samaj P. Ryan, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin. Like it's 
Javante hasn't necessarily been efficient, but coming off the injury, but he hasn't been really getting the workload and he's going to be in Denver in 2024, Tony Pollard, things are going to shake out. Maybe we see somewhere that he's more of a one-two punch kind of guy. Once again, it coming a year removed from that injury and, and increased in efficiency, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, JB, I, I think, I hope maybe to your sentiment, like he's just a year away coming off the injury and next year it's a like Kamara Ingram. It's a one-two punch, whoever the running backs are versus a one-two-three punch. We did see Pirine kind of dwindle off a little bit late in the year and to become a little bit more of a one-two punch. I just would like to see a little more like flashes from Javante than I saw in the second half of the season. Uh, McLaughlin, if I'm pronouncing his name right, he actually looked a little bit better than Javante last game. I was like, ooh, Williams, I had him in DFS. And I was like, wait, that's not him. So I would like to see a little more. I'm hoping it's just a year away. Yeah, I think the Camara Ingram comparison is going to get thrown out, thrown out a lot just because of Sean Payton. But that was with a team that was scoring points and you were having these these sustained drives. Like if we're getting Jarrett Stidham and this, I mean, I, I just love the, well, Sean Payton, he finally gets to be able to run his offense. The offense was garbage against the Chargers. Like, you know, two broken plays. The offense was garbage. All right. And maybe I'm just getting very defensive right now because I love Russell Wilson, maybe as much as Sierra does. Okay. But <laughs> I, I just have a lot of issues with Sean Payton right now. I should have brought it up during the holiday of Festivus and aired my grievances. John, like, I kind of agree with you on that last part is I'm kind of out on Denver Broncos players right now. Hmm. Like, we give Sean Payton a lot of credit, right? Mike McCarthy doesn't get any credit for anything because Aaron Rodgers carried him, right? Sean Payton is the mastermind behind that offense, and that's why they went to the Super Bowl. Or maybe a lot of it was Drew Brees. I don't want to discount what Sean Payton was as a coach back then, but everything we have seen since he has been the head coach of the Denver Broncos, it's a crap show out there. Like he goes up, you know, throws the old offense, the old coaching staff completely under the bus, right? And then he goes out and flat out lies what he said to Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson was like, no, 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 this is what actually happened. So for me, I think Sean Payton is acting like someone who has acting like someone who has all this built-in reputation which he does but i'm not sure if that's actually going to matter for the nfl players right now that are playing for him i think a lot of them could be like yeah i don't want to put up with this and free agents aren't going to want to go there unless they're getting paid more than they are in the other spot so for me i don't like that offense i really don't like that franchise right now and it's nothing against like the denver broncos themselves it's sean payton and so I'm probably not going to have a lot of roster ship of any of those players going into next year. So is it fair to say advocate. it's fair to say before the devil comes out to play here in, in Dan Lamagna, uh, fair to say then Mitch you're out on Javante at that running back 18 price. I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dan, or should I say devil's advocate? I like him at the running back 18 price. And now I like Mitch's points. I'm not, there's no challenge flag here. I'm just, you know, I might have my Bill Parcells blinders on, one of my favorite coaches ever, and Peyton comes from that tree. And I look how, at least record-wise, he turned that team around and they were competitive the second half of the season. And there really is not much talent on that offense. Like, it's not going to get better with Jared Stidham. Russ wasn't performing before he came to dinner, Denver. He should have never gotten that high-paid contract. doesn't even make sense to me. 
I watched enough Denver games to watch how ugly Russ's play was. I know there was some fantasy production. I think they squeezed like some some water out of a rock. Uh, but Judy's a bust. He's on our bust list. Sutton, I think they got the most of. But who else do they have? They don't have anybody else. And I think they will empty the the bankroll there, sign some some guys, and I think it'll get better. I don't think they're going to have much of a bankroll after they have to cut or trade that contract. <laughs> they they got to find a quarterback. That's the bottom they line. Do. Yeah. Man, the disrespect towards little Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> so talented. That broken play, that big touchdown, it was all Jared Stidham. All right. That was a perfect uh, name for that. A couple minutes left here. Very quickly on wide receivers, Mitch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw three players your way. Oh, and I'm going to on the list. How about that? I, I'm going to throw three players your way at their dynasty price versus their production so their cost to acquire versus what they gave you in 2023 who was the bigger bust okay Okay. jalen waddle wide receiver 23 on a per game basis chris godwin wide receiver 37 on a per game basis or t higgins wide receiver 40 on a per game basis chris godwin because he literally only did that like for two weeks. I think he had like two weeks that bounced him up into the 30s, right? Because like he was pretty awful to begin the season, if I'm remembering right. And he's older. Like for me, I just think he was the bigger bust out of all those guys. Because I think like I just kind of look at it. Hey, I need to put in a dynasty lineup this week. Am I okay starting Waddle? Yeah. Am I okay starting Higgins? Yeah. Do I want to start Godwin? No. That's kind of how I look at it. I think part of I'd go with Waddle on that list, Mitch, just because I think going into the season, I had Baker concerns, Tampa Bay concerns. So I wasn't really in on the Godwin mix. Waddle was up there in like CD Lamb conversations a year Mm -hmm. ago. Like there was a higher expectation in Dynasty. And then I think just like on the Cincinnati, I think that just whole team was a bust because of Joe Burrow's injuries. Like a lot of that was just injury related. So it'd be Waddle for me. I think it's twofold. One, you didn't see the production from Chris Godwin up until the very end. And uh, T Higgins obviously banged up. I think T, like, I'd have to look, but how many games did, oh, he's active. Yeah. And then kind of gives you that absolute dud. But he did give you a few high ceiling games. So I I think with Higgins and Waddle, you have more of the kind of going back to the Trevor Lawrence conversation more of the insulated value and yeah, the production wasn't there, but they're going to maintain for the most part their value and they can always bounce back from a dynasty value perspective. But Chris Godwin, when it mattered most for fantasy owners, he did come through. If you need to play him because of injuries, people are going to remember that. So you get a three game stretch at the end of the season. I think it carries a lot more weight from a dynasty value perspective than a three-game stretch at the beginning or the middle of the season. So that's the only thing, like, you know, I'm looking through his stat lines, had a few at the beginning, and then dud, 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 and then three weeks in a row, week 15, 16, 17, 10 for 155, 6 for 78, uh, 3 for 81 and a touchdown. So, like, whoa, 13.8 points, uh, that's 6 for 78. Hoorah, whoa. Alert the media. But again, people are going to remember that more than what we saw in the middle of the season. Whereas like 
Waddle and T. Higgins, you know, I Higgins hurt you the most. It crushed the middle of the season and, and missing games and all the quarterback uh, injuries. I know my Scott Fishbowl team definitely felt that with Higgins and uh, Burrow. Yeah, the the boss like wide receiver was probably, I would say, top to bottom my biggest miss from a. Okay, I feel really good about this lineup from a dynasty and redraft perspective. Like I'm loving these these Deontes, Godwins, Hollywood Browns, Terry McLaurins, T. Higgins. Uh, so one more trio here. Dan, I want to start with you. Christian Watson, wide receiver 41 on a per-game basis. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 38. Or Hollywood Brown, wide receiver 50. For me personally, it'd be Watson because he's the one I was highest on of those three guys going in, you know, acquired them, had the expectations. And unfortunately, I, I need to trade his hamstrings in for a new set. Can't do that till next year. I think he'll bounce back. But he he was my biggest bust. McLaurin, I think, is the best, like, uh, you know, number two wide receiver ever that people thinks is number one. And he's not. Uh, so not really high on McLaurin. And then uh, I've never been in on Hollywood Brown. So. The Hollywood thing, I mean, yeah, now he's on IR, the heel injury. So maybe you can chalk it up to that. He's going to be a free agent here. But, like, he, he was playing fine. And that's like, all right, Kyler's coming back. This is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> and then he just completely vanished. But, again, now it's like, okay, maybe it was really the, the heel injury that sent him to IR here. So, Mitch, let me ask you, which of these three, you can say none. Okay. Which of these three would you pay to acquire the wide receiver? So you're acquiring the player. Okay. Would you pay the 112 for Terry McLaurin? No. 202 for Christian Watson? No. 203 for Hollywood Brown? Not in this year's draft. Like, the wide receivers are so good. No. I'm just not doing it. All right. Um Still holding hope on Watson. Yeah, I, I I love Watson. I like I love watching him play. But the if we're like kept it's the up. injuries, and but if it's always the injuries, then that's kind of the issue, right? Yeah, and and, and that's what we go through with T. Higgins. I mean, Jalen exactly. Waddle gets dinged up every yep. single game. Like these guys, I mean, it's easy to sit here and, and shout about this as I sit on my couch, my stomach hanging out, chips all over me. Like, what are you doing? As I pull a hamstring, getting up for the remote. Uh, Pat Fryermuth doesn't Do, count. Does he does he bounce back at all? Dynasty value, KTC tight end 16. Fantasy Calc tight end 19. Two PPR. Two PPR for tight ends. Would you move the 202 for Pat Fryermuth? John, you're the Steelers fan here. Are they moving on from Pickett or are they going to keep Pickett? I would be shocked if he is the starting quarterback week one, 2024. So if I could, if I feel there's a different quarterback, I will pay the two Oh two for Pat Firemuth. If, if we hear that picket is the quarterback going into next year, then I'm not paying anything for a Steeler. I same same thing we talked about with Sam Howell, even though obviously it's very different how things sit today, but for Kenny Pickett, give me the two twelve. I'm out. Yeah, same. This is, this is like Danny Dimes all over, except for Pickett doesn't even run. Yeah, but, exactly. but Mason Rudolph looks better than him right now, and that's scary. Like, even if he – let's say he is the starter next year, you never want him near your lineup. No. 
So, you know, we talk about like these younger quarterbacks. Okay, they they have job security, so they kind of elevate in dynasty value. But Kenny Pickett, he's not he's not giving you anything. All right. Uh, there was the interview. They asked him, well, you, you know, you got to sit back. And Dan, I don't know if you saw this, but you'll you'll like this. You got to sit back and and you watch from the sidelines of the, the press box or whatever. Did you learn anything while these two games that you were out or three games that you were out? No. That's how he answered the question. No. That's frustrating. You know, and then there's all the rumors circulating that he he you know refused to be the backup and then he says yeah. that's not true. But now it like now there's a little bit of smoke. And if any franchise can deal with divas, maybe it is the Steelers, but I'm not going to deal with Good that on divas, my fantasy. Though. I'm not going to deal with that on my fantasy roster whenever you're not giving me any type of production final thoughts man i cut dan cut him off anyway Uh i was out of time but throw darren waller on that bus list that's all i i yeah uh episode 228 in the books talking about some busts here next week we are going to be back every single tuesday now the off season is here on the Dynasty Theory Patreon, Mitch and I will be hitting the, the feed every weekend with an episode of The Pivot Point. This weekend, it's going to be Sunday morning. Next weekend, Saturday morning. So we always let everyone know. We try to let everyone know ahead of time. But as the end of the regular season and the fantasy playoffs were here, and, and with the holidays, I kind of neglected really the, the Dynasty conversations, the Dynasty Theory part of it because it was playoff time and, and now that we are here in the off season uh dan will say this isn't the off season because we got dfs but mr dfs over there talk about oh uh but we we will be back each and every uh week no more three week breaks unacceptable unacceptable anyway dan for the 228th time what do you got for our listeners when you get on the wife with the couch with your wife tonight, are you going to talk at all? I'm just curious. <laughs> or, or is it going to be silence? Anyway, you can answer, you can answer that offline. But final thoughts, man. Just you know, uh, to the spirit of the Patreon that you mentioned, JB. I expect more signups in 2024, man, because like it has been a fun, fun football season with the community that we have, and, and you always talk about the community, JB, as does Mitch. Um, the knowledge, the, the the skin in the game that our team has, and with all our uh, league mates. You know, dynasty season heats up now. So you're going to see the best conversation, rookie breakdowns. We're still available for advice. If for some reason you're one of those crazy week 18 uh, leagues that keep going, or as you mentioned, DFS or playoff leagues, it's football 24 7, 365. So come join us. We'll have another dynasty Discord startup league. You can try to compete against the champ here. Let's bring it, boys. Mitch, for your final thoughts, should we talk about ROI? <laughs> Let, let's break that down. How about transparency on Twitter? I think it's extremely important. But no, honestly, uh, you're going to just hear a lot of commissioner things for me for the next month. But as soon as you get paid out, just go there on League Safe, go to the 24 tab, and just pay all of your league dues. It's so much easier for commissioners just to see, oh, hey, everyone's paid up. We're good to go. A lot of my leagues so far were so good on orphans. Like we had one today, which was fun. But besides that, you know, just just please pay your dues as fast as possible. That's pretty much it. That's from the commissioner of the year over there, man. You deserve a belt for your job as commissioner in your leagues this year. It, man. Mad respect. 
hey, I'm I'm the commissioner of seven now, and I'm not even playing in several of them. I do it for the the love of the game. Yeah, but I'm the best one. All right, you stole uh, mine anyways. It, I I did. If you're leaving a league, let your commissioner know too. Like I I threw polls out there, and I was like, hey, just, just vote. I, if you're leaving, it does not matter. Yep. Let let's get it filled. Let's you know figure it out. Um, and you don't need like a, a long explanation if if you want to leave a league, just leave the league. Okay. Uh, keep the emotions out. Yeah. Try to at least. All right. Well, hopefully everybody enjoyed this show. First episode, first of many episodes here in 2024. Uh, next week, we're going to spend some time talking about gearing up for the off season, how that process looks and, and getting our teams in order a little, you know, maybe uh house cleaning items, if you will, but uh, should be another fun episode. And maybe we'll keep that one under an hour, but no guarantees. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan Lamagna, I'm John Bauer. Hope you all have a uh, fantastic week. Enjoy week 18, and let's get ready for the offseason. season.